Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. What a delight to be with you again in Bakersfield. Thank you for warming it up for me. But it warmed up in Paso Robles as well. And uh, uh, my wife and I always enjoy our time in the worship here. And you're announcing a season of worship in the service tonight. My goodness. Now, just a little reminder, probably you folks don't need it because I know how good and holy you are. There's only a few halos here today. They're tilted. The rest of them are fairly straight. But uh, if they sing a song tonight that maybe it's not your favorite, don't say, I didn't really like the worship because, as you know, they weren't worshiping you. Come with open hearts. I, I, I just I get excited when I hear about a service like that because I know who the audience is, who the performers are. And you will be the performers, the audience. The whole performance tonight is for God. And he may like a lot of different kinds of music than you do. I'm sure he loves the old hymns. Yeah. And maybe some of the contemporary stuff. I'm not going to go on. That that sounds wonderful tonight. Now, as I get ready to walk over here from the other building there, somebody reminded me, it's your Bible there. Yeah, that's my Bible. I said, I'm not going anywhere without that. I said, I spend a lot of time in study and preparation because uh, I feel a huge responsibility when I am going to stand in front of people and speak for God. Doesn't mean we can't have humor. We will. Maybe. <laughs> it was funny to me. Maybe it will not be funny to you. But uh, one of the things I discovered years ago as a young minister, and I'm still half of that, a minister, <laughs> is that I... The longer I was pastoring, the longer I started preaching. And as you know, you've all heard it, and I was reminded this morning that the mind cannot absorb any more than the rear end can endure. So I said, this is not fair to the people. So, But the more I studied, the more I knew, the more I wanted to tell you. And so I began to outline my sermons and not be totally dependent upon just what came to me on the moment. And that's the way I control the time and squeeze it down. And some of you are saying, dear Lord, don't let him lose his outline this morning. (laughs) It is on purpose that the title of my message today, oh my, look at the red, white, and blue, is Independence Day. And let me tell you what it's not about first and what it is about. It is about why we need the body and the blood of Jesus Christ and his great sacrifice. It's not about (laughs) a much-hyped, great special effects, but not a real great movie starring Will Smith. (laughs) Now, some of you will begin to pray more intensely for me. When you discover I am a sci-fi fan. Yeah. 
Okay. Some of you said, I'll never listen to him again. But you know what? They had to make a follow-up, which was even worse. So it's not those kind of alien invaders that I'm talking about today. But don't be mistaken. You notice the headlines today? We're hearing more and more about flying saucers, almost as much as I was hearing about when I was 16. Yeah, it was a big buzz back then. They still haven't produced one. And I'm not saying they won't. I'm not among those people who think that we might be the only intelligent life in the universe. I'm wondering if there's any intelligent life on Earth. (laughs) Especially in Washington, D.C. You don't have to applaud. You could just groan, whatever the case may be. But the question is, are they alien invaders looking to enslave and destroy humanity? And I'm going to say to you, I don't need flying saucers for that. I don't need someone from another galaxy. The answer to that, well, let's just kind of follow out what the scripture says. The Apostle Peter. Here's our expert on aliens. And he he knows about them. He says... Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. The devil is not of this planet. He is as alien as they get. His minions are not the little yellow things with one eye. They are not of this planet. And they look to destroy our culture, our nation, and you and I individually. It was John, the apostle, in the book of Revelation, who gave us a little clue looking back where all this came from. He tells us clearly that in the picture of a dragon that his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child. And that child is spelled with a capital C as soon as it was born. We are not in a battle against these alien, invisible forces without help. Better help than we often take advantage of. Better help than we often realize. And today, if there's anything that happens here today, it is that we will, again, access that help through the table of the Lord. What is your fresh battle? Did you win one last week? Don't worry, there'll be another one. I've got a chance to see some of the episodes of The Chosen. I love them, and I like the one where... Uh, little James is asking, how come Jesus hadn't healed him? Now, I don't know if that's the case or not. This is a you know, great Hollywood. And it's a little bit of the- theology in there. And he says, you know, but I've been able to trust you with this affliction. Have you ever wished God could not trust you near as much? I have a lot of questions. And probably they'll be answered in an instant time without me expressing one of them when I see Jesus. He is the core. 
you brought your brokenness into this service, whether it's spiritual, mental, physical, I don't have an answer why every healing doesn't happen exactly on the moment. But you know something I realized this past week when I was reading Isaiah 53 again? It says, by his stripes we're healed. He didn't say, by my promise, but by his stripes. And the more I think we can identify with the wonder and the power and the grace of God that is represented in this table, the more we'll either understand or experience the healing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit to make what took place 2,000 years ago most relevant, relevant for us today here in the 21st century. It's the words of Jesus in Luke's Gospel, chapter 8. Talks about how the enemy works against us. And as a pastor, as a young Christian through the years, I, I'd see these people so enthusiastic. They come to Jesus. And I'm t- I, some of the enthusiasm I've seen this morning, it's wonderful. Don't tone it down. You know, <laughs> the definition of a fanatic is somebody who loves Jesus more than you. But there are those who become greatly enthused, their first touch of grace, but it does not endure. Be among those who continue, who walk in the power and the might of the Holy Spirit, not in your first year only, second year, third year, fourth year. Didn't calculate how many years I've been walking with Jesus, but I'm 83 years old. And Jesus is more rich and real today than when I came to know him at age 14. His power and his grace brings us through. And Jesus told this story. He says, those along the path are the ones who hear. What do they hear? The word of God. But what about those along the path? Well, they, the, the seed sprang up, but it didn't last. Nothing wrong with the seed. There was something wrong with the ground along the path. And then the devil comes. The alien invader. Call him the serpent. Call him the dragon. But it gives dragons a bad reputation. And he takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. This is not something light. He says, so they will not believe and be saved. Hold to the word of God. It is the fabric of the universe. Notice some some of our songs about the love of God is greater than the span of the ocean. Well, for people writing songs who hadn't quite figured out that the galaxy is even bigger and his love is greater. He's not only the God who made the seas and the land and the multiplicity of all the creatures, the insects. Some of them I wish he'd skipped, but he knows better. I have to trust him. <laughs> but outside of this planet, who knows what is out there? With the latest brilliance of humanity, we have peered out into the universe and Ah, beam me up, Jesus. Scotty has nothing to do with it. 
I've said this before, but it just continues to amaze me. And now the numbers are different, but the last I checked, there was at least five galaxies for every human on earth. We live in one called the Milky Way. We can't even in our lifetime go to the nearest star outside of our sun and get back and still be alive. We dream of warp speed. That's the speed of light. But we can't begin to approach that unless you have one of those lights that it takes a long time to go off. You flip the switch, you can get in bed before it goes off. There were those who resisted Jesus. They were the religious people of their day, those who resisted him. There were some who accepted him, Nicodemus being one of those. Listen to what Jesus said about them. And when people say, well, you know, all men are brothers under the skin. Well, you and I both know that some brothers get under the skin more than others. (laughs) But that statement is not true. Yes, we are all a result of God's creation. Listen to the words of Jesus. To those who would not believe, he says, you belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he's a liar and the father of lies. These are the aliens we work against who've invaded our government, our school. In recent years, I've become very active in some political realms, and it's very interesting, that great opportunity. You know, being a, a retired pastor, I get to pray at a lot of events. And I want to tailor that prayer to bring together as many as possible, but I want it to be a genuine prayer And sometimes I tailor it for my Jewish audience. And sometimes I tailor it for the very committed Christian audience. But most of the time I try to weave in enough that whatever the audience is, it's a reality. And we were at a a big event and I I told my wife, I've never had people walk up and say, oh, what a wonderful prayer. I said, you know what my response that was? I hope God thought so. Because I wasn't talking to them. And I think a lot of people are used to a formal, written, very predictable prayer. And I just want to talk to my father. By the way, my father, just to do a little name dropping, is the creator. (laughs) His name is Yahweh. He's good at burning bushes. (laughs) Not that I, you know, want you to think I'm important, but my dad, he's something else. And you ought to meet my older brother. He loved me. Not that other brother in the Bible, you know, who was upset when uh, his, the prodigal son came home. This older brother shares his wealth with every returning sinner. Is that you today? Is that you today? Or you're on your way, you haven't quite returned. I want you to know Jesus We'll share with you the Father's wealth. He says, come on in. There's plenty for me, for you, and for the whole world. 
He is the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. So whether you want to admit it or not, there is an evil plan afoot. <laughs> Recently, I've watched some murder mysteries and some things with Sherlock Holmes. I always like, ah, you know, the game is afoot. I wonder why it's not a fingernail. I don't know. But some of our expressions are very interesting to me. But there is an evil plan afoot, ahead, whatever. And you and I need to be aware of it every day. Don't focus on it, but be aware of it. Matter of fact, there's a prophet from the Old Testament. What the Jews call the Tanakh. This prophet... Micah, chapter 2, and his very first verse from the NIV, he puts it this way. Woe to those who plan iniquity, to those who plot evil on their beds. At morning's light, they carry it out because it is in their power to do it. I don't know when California's been under more oppressive government than it is today. Your school districts are under pressure from the state of California to tell little boys they can become girls and little girls they can become boys. This is not politics. This is fight against powers of principalities of darkness. This is child abuse. And God's people must must have backbone and stand up against it. Show up at your school board meeting. Speak loud and clear and reasonable. Because you'll be saving the lives of children. And you know what Jesus said about those who offend children? It's better that they had a millstone tied about their neck and cast into the depths of the sea. The core of evil in the earth today came from a non-human, but we played our part. God is not going to accept the excuse that used to be such a phrase on a comedian's program years ago. Now I'm really showing how old I am. The devil made me do it. (laughs) Unacceptable excuse. I'm not, this is a rhetorical question. Don't want anyone to answer or raise a hand or stand. Maybe run to the altar, that'd be okay. But if you've seen something in your past and you go, "Ah, I really, the devil caught me that time. Learn from, from it. But don't blame the devil. He caught you. Because he uses you and me, our desires. Let those desires turn to God. Let's see just how little things can be important. Because in the early history of humanity, it simply began with a look. Well, look at the fruit on that tree. That looks good to eat. I don't know how they heard. I don't know about you, but if a a serpent starts talking to me, I'm out of there. (laughs) Ah, You shall not surely die. I don't know. And nobody knows. Maybe it came into their mind. Maybe he really formed words. I, I just believe what the Bible says. Simple as that. Began with a look. But it ended with paradise lost. A planted 
tailored garden for humanity to begin in. And it was lost, lost. Don't worry. Not forever. In the end, it'll be a beautiful city. But that's another message. Adam, Eve, our parents. As I look around here today, I see people from many walks of life. In many of our churches receive a, a wide variety of ethnic backgrounds. But our biggest problem is not what nation do we have our origins in and we can trace them back on our genealogy. It all goes back to the first human pair. Puts us on equal footing. God save us. Begin with just a little jealousy between two brothers. But it ended with the murder as Cain killed his brother Abel. I know. It's just that I, some temptations I can't resist. So you can answer this question. It is a bit rhetorical, but that is how long did Cain hate his brother? As long as he was able. That's a groaner. Come on. I know that because my wife's shaking her head. It began with one murder, one killing, only one. But between Lamech and Noah, violence spread. And the earth in its violence was an offense to God until he wiped the entire population out in a flood. But he gave us a promise that the enemy's trying to take from us. He put a rainbow in the sky and he says, this is the promise, I will never flood the earth again. Folks, take the rainbow back. It doesn't belong to perversion. It is the promise of the living God. And then it began with a command to scatter throughout the earth. But instead, they built cities and gathered together under Nimrod. They disobeyed God, and he had to forcefully scatter them by giving them all different languages. Can, can you imagine the, the confusion on that day? <laughs> hey, Bob, give me the hammer. And he hands you the screwdriver. He doesn't speak whatever you're speaking. Hebrew, Babylonian. Akkadian, a command of rebellion, and it ended with rebellion throughout the earth. And then, even among the good, the godly, people we respect, Jews and Christians alike, and Muslims, they all point back to Father Abraham. What a man. He's a friend of God. We've even got a song about it. Yeah, I like that song. That's isn't critical. Love the song. I'm a friend of God. <laughs> Let me tell you how bad God's friends are sometimes. He needs to pick better friends. No, I'm not giving you advice, God. God's friend was fearful because he knew that his wife was really, really, really good looking. And she must have been. Because they weren't young anymore. 
And so, while in another land, he did this twice. He lied and passed her off as his sister. And of course, he did it like you and I lie sometimes. No, I know. I saw a couple of more halos just slip to one side. And that is, we don't lie, we just didn't tell the whole truth. Well, she is my sister. She wasn't born of my father, but we have the same mother. Yeah, right. And as one king said, he said, well, yeah, but I, I took her into my harem, and God has cursed me for this. But before I've sinned against God and you, I'm going to... And he and gave him great wealth and riches. I guess maybe fear and <laughs> lying a little paid off for Abraham. But don't count on that just because you're God's friend. Little thing. This is a little thing. He was in his palace, a great king of Israel. We don't know if he's looking out of a high window or he's clear up on the top of it, but he looked down and my goodness, what do you think? There's a beautiful woman getting ready to take a bath on the top of their house. That's like a patio in Israel. And of course, as any good king who's a godly man, he looked away. <laughs> she said, I don't remember that Bible story like that. That's because that's not what he did. He looked, but not away. Just a look. But it ended with the murder of her husband, her pregnant with David's child, and God's judgment coming on David and the nation. Began with petty theft. This guy, he traveled with a group, and he was the treasure. Take a little here, take a little there. Wasn't real accountable. Eh, just a little thing. Nobody will notice the difference. But it ended with him betraying his best friend as he betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Playing loose with integrity and honesty. How does it feel to be in Judas's camp? We need the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Small beginnings. It began with a magnificent creature made by God whose body itself was a musical instrument of worship. And it was just a little thing. I don't think it's fair that God thinks he's better than we are. Look at me. I'll become like God. Isn't that bad to become like I think I want to replace God. It was the only sin. Next time you hear about a month or a day dedicated to pride, remember pride is the only sin that took an angel and turned him into a devil. It would be the Apostle Paul that reminded the early church in Ephesians, the second chapter in the first two verses, he said it so well. As for you, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You, listen to this close, mentally say it with me. <laughs> you were dead. You were dead. 
You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you used to live. Used to live. Some people think Christianity is, oh, he forgives me. And I'll just keep forgiving. And this is serious stuff, folks. He expects us to overcome. You used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Wow. The apostle Paul had some insight. Where did he get that? Might be someone called the Holy Spirit. The scripture says God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. If there's anything that should mark our lives as Christians, it's bringing deliverance to people who are under the power of the devil, the alien invader. He's not a part of this earth, not a part of this planet. He twists the truth and his lies he passes off as truth. Now, we've got mixed news I've shared with you today, but let me tell you, there's good news. And the reason there's good news is when you came in, they handed you this. Christ satisfies all of our needs to be free. Abraham Lincoln is famous for many things, one of those being the Emancipation Proclamation that took the core sin of America and corrected it. Didn't make us perfect, but he got us back on the right track, following the principles in our Constitution that were there from the beginning, but they made compromises, and compromises always leave something impure. You see, the prophet Ezekiel, about 650 years before Christ was born, He said, the soul who sins is the one who will die. Now, why did he say that? Because there was a belief that you will pay for the sins of your fathers and your grandfathers and on back many generations. Matter of fact, in Exodus 20, it says, I will visit the iniquity, that is the rebellion, of the fathers upon the sons. What did God mean by that? Well, you have to read the other half of the verse. He said, but those who love me, I'll show mercy to a thousand, year, a thousand generations. And what he's saying is, when we live in sin and we rebel against God, we set a pattern, not just genetically, but we set a pattern of environment that is going to affect the generations after us. It is not that God himself is going to make all of your generations to be wicked and evil. It's meaning that that's what your influence will do. But if any one of them, if I had some better health, I'd do a happy dance right here. If any one of them loves me, <laughs> he will bless them to a thousand generations. I've shared with you before that this was one of the early things As a young man, as a young boy, actually, when I came to Jesus, I read that in the Bible. First, my heart sunk. (laughs) My grandfather uh, had to flee his home state. He was wanted for killing a guy in a bar. 
My father and his brothers didn't drink much, but they liked to go to bars. And I asked them one day why, and they said, because drunks are easier to beat up. I come from a stellar family. (laughs) And so on that day, I said, "Uh, I take you at your word, God. It stops here. And blessings start here. And I'm not going to take the next 10 minutes to brag on my children and my grandchildren. I'm just going to tell you, it stops here. Give God praise. Paul wrote to the church at Rome, but God, come on, say it with me, but God, let's say it again, but God, what's heavy on your heart right now, say this to it, but God, (laughs) commends his love toward us in that while we were perfect saints, no, yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, as long as I hold on to the pulpit, it's liable to be okay. Hallelujah. (laughs) The creator. Ah, The ruling force of the universe one day took sin by the throat and destroyed it. (laughs) It began with a virgin pregnant by the Holy Spirit and ended with the greatest Christmas present of all. You know that manger, you've all seen the little man, that's a first king-size bed. (laughs) It began with a carpenter, a craftsman, and it ended with a caretaker. Named St. Joseph, who God trusted to care for his son. Joseph and Mary, they, I don't want to say there's something they're not, but I want to honor them. I mean, God trusted Mary to nurse God's son, trusted Joseph to provide and protect him. Again, with the wedding. And the wedding began to turn because they ran out of wine. And for Jesus, it began with some water jugs. Fill them up. I don't know about you, but I like to think of how did God, what are the details? And the Bible leaves them out, so I get to imagine a lot of things. But here's what he didn't do. He didn't have some hidden package of purple Kool-Aid. This was not a sleight of hand trick. We're not going to debate today whether it's the wine that we have today or anything. I'm going to tell you this was the best stuff. Straight from the winemaker's hand. Because he makes it every year in the field. You watch it. It grows in the grapes, the wine on the vine. But he did this instantly. It began with a Baptist. You know a few of those. I came to Jesus in a Baptist church. 
This Baptist was preaching repentance for the kingdom is near. And then he spoke about Jesus, this Baptist. This is my kind of Baptist. He said, I baptize you in water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. What a Baptist. Oh, you know him, John the Baptist. It began with the obedience of Jesus to be baptized in water. Not that he needed repentance, but he was baptized in water. How did it end? Thunderous voice from heaven that all could hear. And later, even on the, uh, <clears throat> on the Mount of Transfiguration, can you imagine what it was like? Who could hear this voice? This is my beloved son. Could you put some reverb into this? <laughs> in whom I am well pleased. When I read those passages in the Bible, I think of God the Father. He's almost like one of us who just delighted with their child when they've done something right. And we put our, if you wear suspenders, you know, uh, thumbs under our suspenders, snap them out. That's my boy. Oh, listen to him. Here's a whole other message. Let me just throw it in there. But you know what? He wants you to be his boy and his girl just like that. He's opened the doors of family, not servanthood. But the best family are those who serve well. It began with the flight of faith. Joseph had to protect Jesus. Down to Egypt they went. But it concluded with a flight from Egypt of faith. Hebrews 11 tells us it's faith. Back to Nazareth, where Jesus was nurtured until the time for his ministry began. It began with people that were halt and maimed and sick and blind. And it ended with everyone that came to Jesus being healed to demonstrate that the Son of God, the sacrifice of God, had come into the world. And this is what we celebrate in this cup here today. It began with a boy's lunch of a few fish and loaves. Last time in Israel, it was kind of disappointing. I've been where that actually happened, and I, it fits everything in the Bible, so I think it's pretty close, but it's a banana plantation. He would have just said, hey, grab a few bananas. We're good. But then it was just a natural amphitheater where you can see the Sea of Galilee, and with just a few loaves and fishes, it ended with a banquet for 5,000 people. It began with a grieving mother. Burying her son. The funeral procession was on. It was over. But there was another procession. Jesus and his disciples from another direction. I love it when the procession of despair and the procession of joy hit each other and joy wins. It ended with a man being made alive who was dead and returned to his mother and grief gone. Listen, because of this, someday he will wipe away every tear. Someday, every damaged part of our body will be healed. As Christians, we don't just believe in a life hereafter. 
living in some ethereal smoke would be even the resurrection. Because he lives, you shall live. As we come to this cup, do not forget that. Remind yourself. It began with the crucifixion among criminals. And our Savior hung between them. How did it end? It hasn't. On that cross, he says, it is finished. But what was finished? Sin is finished. Death is finished. Sickness is finished. Hell is finished. The devil is finished. Rebellion is finished. The world system is finished. Excuses are finished. And all the graves of all the years are finished. The loneliness of every solitary person is finished. This Independence Day, folks. Let the fireworks in your heart be greater than anything we see on the 4th and enjoy those too. When the skies are filled with color, remember the liberty that God has given to us through Jesus Christ. Remember the Baptist, John? He was arrested. Herod incarcerated him. Didn't want to, but he did. Out of his own lust, he trapped himself. Finally, he beheaded him. But John, while in prison, may have had questions, but he was free, and the king was the one who was imprisoned by his own lust and limitations and fears. Nero, the Roman emperor, was an actual slave while Paul was in his prison. While Nero thought he was free... He was the man enslaved. And while in prison, listen to Paul's word. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Of course, that's how we would all act in prison, right? Or would we be wringing our hands and, why me, God? Why not you? Oh, God, help us. Let me tell you about a fellow. Some of you know, know about him. You've read his book, John Bunyan. John Bunyan was a tinker. I didn't say stinker. I said a tinker. And the, the king of England found him to be an irritant. Oh, by the way, I don't want to ruin anybody's theology, but the king's name was King James. The same guy that commissioned the Bible to be translated, one of the finest ancient translations of the Bible, but he was a rat. Too bad his name gets his good press. You know, the Bible I have laid in front of me is the new King James. That's what they needed. They needed a new King James because the old one. I'm not talking about the translation. I'm talking about the king. He had John Bunyan arrested for preaching on the streets of Bedford, England. Bunyan was a great spiritual emanci- emancipator. And he languished in jail, but I used the wrong word, languish. In jail, he was free. And there, God gave him pilgrim's progress. He tells us that he had spiritual visions and delights at his time alone with God while he was in prison. (laughs) Oh, happy day. (laughs) It's Independence Day. 
And I love seeing the red, white, and blue, the decorations. If any place it is the church of God where we should be enjoying and celebrating the liberties that God has given us instead of hiding and saying, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I don't want to make any problems. Make problems for the world and go out and stir things for the kingdom of God. What is it? In God's Navy, the church is a battle cruiser, not a cruise ship. Not for our comfort. But let's take the world for Jesus. Oh, I think the world's going to get worse than when Jesus comes. Well, you can hold the fort. I, it's not my favorite song. Because I find the scripture says he's coming for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming for a church the Antichrist is afraid of. And the devil trembles when he hears about you. It's Independence Day. I hope you've got the cup in your hand. And you might want to just prepare, pull that little that lid off the bread and take that in your hand. <laughs> I love these. I don't know where you got. You know, they used to be both on this side. I tried to get the bread out, and uh, you hate, sp you don't want to be spilling the fruit of the vine all over the carpet and yourself. This is great. I like this. What sin has been holding your life? You know it's sin. I'm not talking about those questionable things. I'm talking about it's now not a question. Why don't you just tell Jesus about it? Now, you don't have to speak out loud, but if you feel like that's necessary, you might want to whisper so your neighbor can't hear. It's none of their business. Let's just take a moment. And I've already taken care of mine this morning, so I'm just going to whisper other things here because I'm Mike and you can hear everything I say. Let's take a moment and reflect. Lord, as we hold the bread in our hand. Take the weak areas of our life where we're missing the mark. Forgive us. And help us, O oh God, to bask in your forgiveness. Let us take the bread and drink the cup. In a few moments, with a clean heart and clean mind and clean soul. No reservations. Let us do it in a worthy manner that we may reflect your life and light. And now continuing to pause. Some of you have believed in Christ. You've experienced him. You know him. You know, love him. But it seems like no matter what you do, you, you can't shake the guilt. You know, there's a reason you can't shake the guilt. Because you're guilty. But Jesus came to remove the guilt. Say it in your own words to him. Inside your head, inside your heart. Or whisper it however you want to. But I'm going to say, I thank you, Lord, for removing guilt. 
I thank you that guilt is a wonderful response to keep from even doing worse. But today, you've healed me of my guilt, my shortcomings. One last thing that the Lord has laid upon my heart. There are some here today that it must be described that there are chains that bind you. Chains of the past. Chains of recent actions. Jesus came to break the chains. I want you to hear me and hear me clearly. By the authority of the word of God and the power of Jesus' name, the chains that bind are broken on God's people. Now, Lord, after this service, as we go out, let us use our power to unlock, to break, whatever it is, the chains that hold others, making them and us free from bondage. On that great night, he took the bread and he gave thanks. Can you imagine what he's given thanks for? He's about to suffer. It was made sin for us, the one who knew no sin. He said, take, eat, this is my body. Prepare the cup. If you have never made a profession of Jesus Christ, can I tell you today, don't take this unless you're willing to say this is a profession of Jesus Christ. Today I believe, today I receive. I'm a Christian from this moment on. I don't do this lightly. My life has changed and transformed. I respect, I love Jesus. I believe in all that he did. He is the great emancipator in my life. I don't know, for some, when that happens, it's like the 4th of July. Some, they may be just little sparklers. Others, cannons going off. We all react differently. But we're not saved by emotion. We're saved by grace through faith. And that, not of ourselves. He took the cup that stood for his suffering. And it would be a few short hours before we'd hang on the cross. He said, everything it means. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. He said, drink all of it. Would you stand with me? Now, if you need to seal what God has done in your heart today, it's a great time, as we're seeing in just a moment, to step from where you're at and come to this altar. Find a place. There'll be others that will come and pray with you. You don't have to wait for me to go any further. You can start right now. But as we worship, Listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit to free you from sin, to remove your guilt, and to free 
you from bondage. And as Paul said, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. This is the Emancipation Day. And it can happen every day to anyone. You don't have to wait for the 4th of July. Let's worship him as our worship team comes. Lift our voices. Thank you for the cross, Thank you for the price you made a decision to follow him today. Move from where you're at. My sin come to this place as a public declaration. You I believe in Jesus. I will follow grace. Jesus. Thank you for this love, Lord. Thank you for the nail pierced hands. Wash me in your cleansing flow. Now all I know is forgiveness and embrace. Worthy is the Lamb. Ground you Come, now Holy Spirit. with many Come, crowns. You reign victorious, oh, high and lifted up, Jesus, Son of God, the darling of heaven, crucified, oh, worthy is the I say now is not some type of manipulation, but sincerely I feel a prompting of the Holy Spirit that there are still others that need to resolve your issues at the altar of God. I don't believe in dragging things out because God is speaking to your heart. If you're in the balcony, I know it's a long walk, but it's worth every step. Sing that again before we close. Step from where you're at. Come and find a place of prayer. There are people here willing to pray with you. Make it clear to them what you want them to pray for. Come and find a place. At the altar of God. Where only the work of Jesus makes the sacrifice worthwhile. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you paid. Bearing all my sin and shame. In love you came and gave amazing. 
close with a blessing at the end of the blessing I'm going to use a phrase then I'm going to come back and we're going to say it again so we can all say it and make it our prayer that phrase is God save America may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord the living God make his face to shine upon you May he guide your steps along the way. May he fill you with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And God, save America. With me, pray it. God, save America. Amen. God bless you. You've been listening to Bakersfield First Assembly's weekly broadcast. BFA is located on the corner of California and Marilla Way. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in person and online on Facebook and YouTube. For more information, check out our website, bakersfieldfirst.com, or download our app from the App Store.